0: Love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. This week on the show, we talked to one of my oldest friends photographer, a philosopher, and someone who's helped me through a really tough time. André Tinscher joins us. So we don't officially start, we just start. So I think we've already started. But welcome to the Danny Painter at the moment show, André.
1: Thank you, Danny. Pleasure to be here.
0: I'm I'm kind of excited to have you here. So just a brief intro like for those of you that don't know, I've known Andre I think for <laughs> like 20 years,
1: is it? Yeah, since um high school.
0: So Andre was not born here, but he went to high school with me and he'll tell us all like how that Fucking happened, but um, we met when we went to art school together. I was studying drama, and he was one of those very cool, very suave, mysterious art kids that carry their bag like a satchel across their body with all of their art shit in it, and like look very cute as they're walking across the quad. And ended up dating one of the girls in our friend group, and because it was kind of it was a boarding school, but you could also like be a day student. I I was boarding, but my parents were very kind and they got me like a place off campus to stay. And we would yep. all just hang out there and just talk about everything, mostly vampires and love and the universe. But Andrew <laughs> and, <I, laughs> Andre and I kind of bonded. And since then, we've never really been out of each other's lives. Like we've had moments where life has carried on, but we've always kind of come back. Exactly. Yeah, so that's how I know you, but I I don't know how you ended up in Pretoria.
1: Right, okay, so where to start? Basically, I was born in Romania in a place called Timisoara. It's a gorgeous place, very, very old country, and... My parents and I decided to move. I was about eight years old when we came to South Africa, just seeking a better life. There was a bit of turmoil back in Romania, and there was a lot of issues there. So as soon as we we could leave the country, we all left together and came to South Africa. And that's pretty much how it started. So here I am, eight years of age in South Africa, can't speak a word of English, got to be integrated into South African life. Uh, went to Linwood Ridge Primary School. That's where it all kind of began for me there and where I've kind of discovered my art. And many, many years later, finally went to Prahatay and met you guys. And that was was a real kick-ass time. I still have very fond memories of that time. That was probably my favorite time um, (laughs) as a kid. And after that, once um, I was about 18, 19, parents again decided to, to shift over to Australia, again, seeking better life. And I couldn't thank them anymore for decide to make that decision because a lot of things have changed me since then, and um, a lot of beautiful things have happened.
0: And you are still uh, in Australia now.
1: I'm still in Australia now, and it's really good here. I'm in Melbourne, so if anybody's in Melbourne, come down, say hello, I'd be more than happy to see you and have a beer with you.
0: He really would. I'm trying to get a beer. <laughs> I'm trying to go to Melbourne and have a, a beer, but lockdown and
1: you should. I'm looking COVID. forward to see you.
0: <laughs> Covid is destroying my plans. Okay, so from Moving to Australia, you obviously are living the dream and life is great and everything is perfect. Did you study art? What did you study?
1: Okay, so I, I yeah, I went to RMIT, which is the Royal Melbourne Insti- Institute of Technology, and I studied game design. I majored in digital art and I spent about five years there. Did a lot of different electives, everything from physics to programming to animation to printing it's a lot of very cool things i had a lot of different interests and um a lot of things that kind of shaped me who i am started in those days as well really to be honest and um yeah it's it's i wouldn't say i'm living the dream i would say i'm i'm a normal person living a normal life just like everybody else um however i just happen to be in melbourne and pretty well equipped to follow my dreams
0: and this is Definitely a big reason why I wanted to talk to Andre. So, like, on this show, Andre, I don't know, like, if you've watched it, we have people that are – we have dogs. We have people that are well-known. We have people that are, quote-unquote, normal human beings, just going through the daily motions. We have yeah. just just people. And I think the, 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 the message of the show is human connection, and that no matter who you are, whether you are a mega star celebrity or – andre or danny or mandy our other friend you all yes. go through the same shits and that exactly. shit doesn't change with money or fame or notoriety or living your dream job in fact because of the money and the fame and the dream job you could be dealing with a lot more shits Um, And so recently, Andre and I have reconnected because I was going through some, some life shits and Andre just came across as like the wisest person and had all of these like really wisdomy things to say. And he's really helped me discover this path that I'm on. One of the people that Andre helped me discover was Eva Sumter who was on my radio show and is about to be on this show. Um, And without you, I would never have found her. And it was just like, you were putting all of these people and all of these thoughts and all of these things in my path. And I was like, we have to, we have to share them. We have to. So I wanted to maybe unpack a little bit of like who you are from a spiritual, like metaphysical aspect because, yeah, you're an artist oh, right. uh, and you're a human, but you're also like this like, really wise old man inside.
1: I guess it comes from from experience and uh, a lot of experimentation with with what I consider to be reality or life. And I find um, um, as, exactly as you were saying before, it's got nothing to do with money. It's got nothing to do with power or any ideal of what you think life is about. You've got to really go out and try and experiment for yourself to figure these things out. And that's kind of where a vision starts to get born. Um, Once you do enough experimenting by yourself to figure out some things about what it is that you really want to do, a vision presents itself. And I would say that the vision really finds you more than anything else. In order to try to get to that point, I went through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of testing of a lot of different ideas and things that I thought were valuable. And I pretty much ignored the one thing that I consider now the vision. Um, it took me a very, very long time because I'm quite a stubborn person to try and figure out what that was. And it was in front of me the entire time. And that's kind of, I think, what, what we, you were asking before. Um, it's an interesting one. I think everybody has something very, very special about what they're really, really good at that they don't get sick of doing from morning till night. doesn't matter what what it may be. It can be anything from painting to talking to... I don't know, making things, it really doesn't matter what it is, but you've got to find what that passion is. And it's usually right in front of you because you're doing it all the time and you don't seem to realize it. For me, it was always creativity. didn't matter what field I went into, it was always about that. And I thought that that maybe wasn't, you know, a thing that I was supposed to go and do because I should become a successful person in the eyes of society or my parents and so on and so forth. And that's unfortunately not what life is about. Um, So once I kind of got into realizing what it is that I'm really good at, um, I started to put that as the forefront and talk about it nonstop, immerse myself as much as I possibly could into it. And the best way that I could express that was through photography. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the starting point that I would I would share with a lot of people is to figure out what it is that you're really good at, that you can do from morning to night and not get sick of at all. If you get scared for a second, you think you can't find that Um keep looking you need to that's your goal from now on is to keep looking for what that is and i promise you once once you figure it out you'll be happier than you've ever been because half the half the problem is that is figuring what that is
0: and that thing is generally like you said right in front of you because for a long time you've been talking about photography like talking about a lot of like talking about it Andre has two Instagrams, dedicated only. There is not one selfie there. There is not one picture of Andre. There is just his great photography. And for the longest time, he had a normal job and was being a normal human being in society. And during the photography, kind of like on the side. And then lockdown happened. and. Exactly. Talk us, talk me through this story because this story motivated the shit out of me because I was like, well, if this dude is going to make his dream come true now, I can, I can do pretty much anything.
1: All right. So it's, this is an interesting one because as soon as lockdown hit, I thought everything was fine. Um, I thought, you know, a bit sneakily, I thought this is going to be great because I don't have to go into work anymore. I can work from home. I'm still making money. And then it kind of hit me, but I can't do any of the things that I wanted to do. Everything was taken away from me. And that started to, to create some very deep, stressful issues and, and depressive-like symptoms. And I didn't deal with it very well. The way that I dealt with it was trying to numb it out, whether it be having beers every night or eating junk food. Because everybody does, it. everybody has a vice. Everybody has a way that they, that they deal with things. And the one thing that I was not doing It was focusing on the things that I'm afraid of and focusing on the things that um, make me feel the way that I do. Another thing that was an issue was that I had all these great ideas, but was never putting them into an actual practice, into an actual thing. So what I started to do was to try and shift my perspective towards the whole situation because I feel like I hit rock bottom. So the first thing that I did was stop the drinking, stop the junk food and go for walks every single time I had like a, a bit of a stressful moment or stressful situation. And I eventually started walking about 10 kilometers every day um, with my camera in my designated zone. So five kilometers, I think I've hit up every single street in my five kilometer radius <laughs> during lockdown <laughs> with my camera and, and just trying to find just things that would really inspire me and motivate me. And I kind of realized it got to a point where I, had, I, I couldn't tell you if I, if I had confidence in anything. It was a very, very scary moment because I couldn't tell if I I was good at something or not. There was no sort of something there to tell me, listen, this is good. This is rubbish. This is great. This is okay. There was none of that. So I really couldn't tell. And the more that I kind of got into this walking and the cutting out all these things out of my vices, this sort of clarity came about where I kind of realized that the whole point of this is to shift your perspective and you can only do that by approaching things that you're most afraid of and approaching it head on. And this is quite tricky to do because your mind is so smart. It already knows what you already want to do. So it puts things in front of you to make you feel good because that is going to be your safety blanket. It doesn't really allow you to go into unknown territory without having some sort of a, a, um, a lead to, to get you back to, to what you're most comfy with. And I kind of just cut that lead right off because I had no idea whether whether what I was doing was right or wrong or, or um, you know, positive or negative or whether it was a successful piece of art that I was making or not a good one. It didn't matter anymore. And I had to um, not be afraid of what other people might think of my work or what even I thought of my work and stop classifying in that kind of means. So that's kind of where it all started from. It all shifted. That perspective really shifted massively into into something that created confidence out of pure fear
0: i i remember vaguely at the beginning of the lockdowns you weren't in a good like you you touch on it you, you weren't in a good space mentally and it's it's incredible to see how you pretty much walked your way Out of that space because Andre would call me and he'd be like, Okay, I'm on my walk, let's talk. And then we talk for Uh 10 kilometers. And and like at some point, he'd just be like, Oh, I just walked past a really cool bar, or like, Oh, you must look at this cool thing. And it's awesome that I was walking with you, but I was also walking with another good friend of mine, Sonia, in Ireland, because she was also dealing with with things. And if both of you were trying to tell me to just go and fucking walk, Mm -hmm. and I was like I'll just talk to you. you. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm just just, just here for the moral sports. But then I started to walk and started to actually look at where I live and meet my neighbor who I've never met, but I talk smack about on my show all the time. (laughs) And like, it's just, it is the most incredible thing. How something as simple as walking can really change your mental space just for that day. And then the more you do it, it kind of like those days add up and your mental space just better. But then you, your job was fine. You were working from home. You were a little bit sad, like the, like the whole world, because, and I don't want to take anything away from you. You were probably very sad, Mm -hmm. but um, I also don't want to make it worse than it is. But then you lost your job in a pandemic.
1: (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say my job was, was good at all. I absolutely hated what I did and it, was very, it added a lot of stress to it. And I voluntarily left. I just said, that's, that's kind of it. I don't really want to do this anymore. If we just backtrack just real quick and look at what that walking really did and what shifting perspective really did, it helped me reanalyze Myself and it helped, helped me look at the way that I am actually as a person dealing with things from an outside perspective, and that was extremely extremely powerful because that's what gave me confidence. And as soon as I was able to audit myself and look at the way that I actually am, without putting things into a positive or negative hemispheres, it really changed a lot of things, and I started to gain a lot of confidence. It gave me the confidence to walk away in the middle of a pandemic from a job that was not building me up at all in fact it was taking away constantly and I'd been with them for for many many years and as much as they hated to see me leave I was overjoyed just to be out of there that kind of freedom allowed room and created a space for the creativity that I had always sought after and it was very important to take that leap of faith and you know what it wasn't even a leap of faith because I knew confidently very well that if I had the reins to my own life I would go exactly for the things that I would always want to go for. Mm -hmm. And it's in the position that I had always dreamed I would always be in, but could never successfully achieve. And there it was right in front of me for the taking. And it was a wonderful moment.
0: And then the universe 100% conspired with Andre because as soon as he decided and he decided that photography was going to be his thing, (laughs) science just started happening. It was like magic, like magic.
1: (laughs) I would say this was like magic. I just went and made shit happen. And um, I didn't just let things just be. It was was a lot of just like getting out of your own way to try and find opportunities around you and notice the opportunities around you. I I felt like that was one of the biggest things. Um, I was always too shy to go and speak to a lot of people. I always kind of um, thought that, I always kind of had in my mind about what other people would think of me. And I just took those things out of the picture altogether. And I started to approach people that I enjoyed and wanted to work with, and they were overjoyed to work with me. And that's kind of how it also, it also, you know, worked as well. I used to go to, to this bar that I really enjoyed that had recently just opened up. And I went straight up to the owner and I said, Hey man, this is a really cool place. This is what I do. um, And I'd love to come and take some photos. And he, just for me doing that, not even, didn't even want to see my portfolio or anything like that, just for me doing that, he, he liked me straight away. And then he started to look at my stuff and he goes, yeah, definitely please come in and do some photos. And that was kind of my first client from then on. And a bunch of my friends as well, have been very supportive through a lot of, a lot of this kind of time. So they've you know more than happy to to buy a lot of my artworks and to you know um try and support me in that kind of way as much as they possibly could which is great which is wonderful because there's a lot of commission pieces that have gone out and are in other people's homes and that's awesome it's a great start
0: you're you're on the other side of this now you're 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 okay now right but initially when you first take that step there is terror there is like absolute blinding fear because you don't know how you're going to support yourself you don't know yes this passion of mine is great and yes there is Mm -hmm. i know that there is a career opportunity but like just just a, a shitty example It. i maybe want to be a photographer and i would look at your two feeds even and go yeah i'm nowhere near as good as that there's no way that i could do this full time for like a living how do you remove yourself from that negative thinking
1: Um, it's got to do with comparing yourself to everybody else around you, what society expects of you and what other people do. Everybody does it and it's fine. And it it, you can use that in a positive manner in the sense that it can drive you and you can go, well, I need to be better, and then you work at being better, or you can do what I do and try to ignore that as much as possible and focus on what you want to put out in terms of your content. What really matters to you as an artist, not what is relevant out there for the people and we live in an age now where we can share so much so much of what we think all the time through all these different platforms that we need to try and get with with the times and and put it into practice and that's a huge one because a lot of a lot of people have different ideas and they have these images of themselves and how they really want to be but putting those into action is kind of like um the, the hard part because logistically, you need to figure out how you're going to do that. Mm. So it doesn't matter what society expects of you. You need to figure out how you're going to put these this on paper and then keep doing it. Because the only way you're going to be better at it is if you're constantly doing um, exactly what you're after, what your passion is from morning till night, every single day without getting sick of it. If you start to get sick of it, guess what? That's not your passion. You need to go and start again and figure out what it is. And it, like I said, it can be anything. I don't think my artwork in comparison is very good. I have the same thing um, that you, you just explained before. I, I look at a lot of people's work and I say, well, my work's not as good as, as theirs. And that's a horrible way to to go about things because you start to compare yourself with a, a different agenda or an expectation or a trend. And you know what? Trend setting is is not originality at all what you want to do if you have a passion is to be original and that means ignoring what everybody else has to say about it and following what your passion is about because the more that you do it the more you're going to be able to express accurately and succinctly the the exact idea that you have in your mind and as soon as you start to do it over and over and over again um you'll you'll make it happen you will just want to make it happen it's not about anybody else it's about you at the end of the day
0: Okay. So I've identified my passion and I have decided that like, because you've motivated me, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give up my day job. I'm going to go and I'm going to do my passion full time. What's the next step? Like, I can't obviously just... Do I just resign? Like that goes against everything everyone's ever told me in my life. You've got to have a job and a medical aid and a house and a pension.
1: Those things help. Exactly. Those things help. But um, 100%, if, if what you're doing is not your passion, you need to stop what you're doing, stop wasting time and go after it heavily so doing all these things it 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 takes a bit of um knack i i guess because you've got you've gotta get used to to saying no to things that don't serve you, and that's a very important thing um so if you're kind of used to doing jobs that you dislike and you're doing your passion on the weekend um try and see if, how you can balance that further so you, so if it's like sixty percent the job that I don't like and forty percent the job that I do like. Try and flip that around, make it the other way. So you start to do things part-time and until you're eventually comfortable enough to be able to get rid of the things that you you don't want to do until it becomes full-time. That's one way you do it. I kind of did it really briskly because I like putting myself in in, in risk way. I feel like I get the most out of it when I struggle. I feel like it pushes me to, to stop all the rubbish in, in my head and really, really focus and I make a lot of a lot of huge things happen in that kind of space. Not everybody's built this way, and that's fine. It took me a long time to be able to do that by constantly hitting my head against the wall. So it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of experience to keep bashing your head against that wall until eventually it makes sense to you. And again, I, I guarantee it will because... When you think about it like this it's like um it's a statistical thing if you keep doing the thing that you love constantly day in and day out no matter what you will get what you want yeah. as long as you don't stop so you can start off slow and you can start to do it you know like it's a weekend thing or you can implement that full-time it's really up to you and, and how you want to go about it i don't recommend jumping you know quitting your job right now without having some sort of a pack-up plan If you don't know how to handle yourself in extreme risky situations, I don't recommend it because it'll probably just stress you out and you want to run back to, you know, your safety blanket, whatever that that may be. Um, But at the same time, the people that don't mind the risk and they're really fed up, I highly recommend taking that risk because that's going to push you to really figure out a way to follow that passion. And it will put you in that situation and, and face that fear.
0: I want to speak about something that you touched on and you've been, we've been talking about it for a little while now, shifting perspective. I really feel like as a photographer, as an artist, you're constantly shifting perspective. So I think, it's like when I speak to great lyricists and poets, they have this unique set of skills that the rest of us don't have because they're used to, and you're used to looking at things from different perspectives and they're used to like putting their feelings on paper and expressing the rest of us. We've only ever had one perspective. We've never had to look at something from different angles in order to get the the feel or the vibe or the light. And you you constantly talk about how photography helps you look at things differently and that you observe as opposed to assigning meaning. Yeah. Can you unpack that because full disclosure is something that I struggle with. And this is something that Andre and I speak about quite a lot. And I I figured if, if it if it's me also, then also it's you. So Andre is going yeah. to be like, explain what this means in in okay
1: life. how can i say this in in a in an easy way when you start to observe the way that you are your personality it's kind of like you're playing a character on stage and you're you you can not see what you're like because you're part of a story of a situation of a scenario the language that you use the your mannerisms The topic is all already orchestrated for you to be a part of because that's the way that you are. And that perspective is hard to shift because you're part of it. You can't see outside of that. So in order to to kind of see outside of that, you kind of have to realize and think about this and go, hang on a second. But the way that I am is comprised of what? Bits and pieces of knowledge from past experiences that are put together and is essentially just memories. And over a long enough period of time, this kind of shapes the way that you are. You can say that you're shaped by trauma, you're shaped by great times, good times, you're shaped by your job, you're shaped by the people around you. But if you can take a step back and look at those things individually, you realize that that's not really the entirety of it. That's just only a small section of it. And let's break it down into subjective states and objective states. Subjective states would be the situation that you're currently part of. Like we're part part of this conversation now that we we're discussing. So we're not really looking outside of it because we're part of it. To be objective about it is to kind of take a step back and let the character play out and observe that character as they are. And that one's a little bit tricky because we're so wired to constantly be in the moment to be switched on, to be part of the situation. A easy way to kind of do it is to analyze what's happened previously after it's happened, kind of like look back into the memory and go, okay, so I was acting like this. I was talking about this. I look like this. And you can tell, you can trace back where those kinds of of mannerisms or personality traits come from individually. And it's kind of like a huge hierarchy of subjective and objective states. That's how you start to shift perspective, is if you can see those two things for what they are and step back away from them. That's essentially a shift in perspective. If there's something that you dislike about it or you like about it, that is part of the same thing because you're kind of polarized in that sense. You can, If you like something about the, the things that you remember doing and you want more of that, you're going to gear yourself to constantly go after that particular trait. If you dislike something, you might have two reactions. You might have a reaction where you cringe and you go, oh, I don't really want to remember that. And you might try and hide it from yourself, or you might get such a fright from the way that you were, that you will try to change that. And in in that change comes that shift in perspective. You've just got to be really honest with yourself and audit yourself and stop polarizing yourself because polarization means that you're constantly being in, in in a character state, playing out a role, a predetermined role, rather than looking things from an outside perspective and not worried about what you look like or... Or what it is that you, you know, you're expressing yourself as.
0: Why would we want to shift perspective? What in shifting perspective serves us? Like, what does it do? Like, maybe I'm happy playing this character.
1: Yes, most people are happy playing the characters. I totally agree with that. I think that we're we're always so incredibly happy. Every person on this earth is incredibly happy playing their character, even the ones that say that they're not and they're upset and miserable. That in itself is a safety blanket because they like being in the situation because they know where they lead. They know exactly where it leads. I know who you are. I
0: know who
1: you are. Yeah, I know who you are. I know you're kind, man. I know you're kind. (laughs) And so it's it's an interesting one because... uh, You might have different reasons why you want to shift perspective. I personally want to shift perspective because I'm looking for something that I don't know about myself and I can't seem to find that in any other way except to shift that perspective. So I put myself in a situation where I uncover parts of myself that I try to hide from myself or do not know about myself in order to, to, to have that awareness. So shifting perspective gives you essentially a big, big-ass mirror that you can put in front of yourself and really observe the way that you really are. And once you start to do that quite often and you become comfortable and you start being afraid of, of, of what you might see, it gives you a very different type of confidence where you're not worried about the, the small things anymore anxiety starts to go away because you're not worried about external influences anymore. Socially, you start to be able to speak to anybody that you like, it doesn't matter, everybody seems to be on the same page because you understand, you become extremely empathic to them because you can see all the ways that they are acting. It also creates an opportunity for you to think outside the box, so to speak, um, so that you can really take some, some greater ideas that are way above the way that you've been thinking about and learn how to put them into practice. So shifting perspective, I think, is should be a constant that we are all chasing, simply because it stops us from following a pattern that might make us a bit more comfortable. But hey, if you really want to play that character, your life is your own, as long as you're, you're inherently happy doing that. So figure out how you can be happy about being miserable, and I promise you, you will be happy and not miserable. So <laughs> so it's mean- only a problem if you have a problem with problems. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow, Andre. It's like a whole Confucius. Just on a personal level, the universe has been telling me to shift perspective for a while. Um, and I was exactly the person Andre was describing. As together, as happy, as whatever as I may come across as, I am the most anxious, always looking for the exit out of the conversation, out of the meeting people, out of any situation person I think you'll meet in like a while. I also had been through a few things that were quite traumatic and it was almost like a badge that I was wearing. Like I am this way because I have trauma. We all have trauma. We all have trauma. And when you shift perspective, you... I'm just going to say it like you learn that forgiveness and letting go serves you better than holding on to all that shit. Exactly. And that mirror that you, Andre was talking about, like holding up, you look at yourself and you look at your shit and you're like, no, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to live half a life. Why would anyone want to live half a life? So when you shift your perspective and look at things from this angle and that angle and like break them down. And, and we'll get into this because this Andre also taught me and not assign any feeling or any, any, it's not good. It's not bad. It's not black. It's not white. It's not dark. It's all just gray. It's just gray. You exactly. You, you learn so much about how you deal in situations <laughs> that when another situation occurs, you're so much more equipped to be like, hang on. Before you react, you take a beat and you're like, okay, cool. I'm ready. It exactly really, right. really serves you. But I want to maybe talk a little bit about that assigning.
1: Exactly. So it, human emotion is a spectrum, right? It's a giant. Imagine a spectrum like the color wheel. Okay. There's the one side, let's say it's blue and it goes all the way through all the different colors all through to the red side. Imagine that, but with your emotion. So on the one end is your extreme polar opposite to the other side. And we're bank smack in the middle. Now, we want to go to polar opposites. We want to say it's either negative or positive, good or bad, healthy or unhealthy or whatever. You, you want to break it down into those polar opposites because it makes things simple, because it makes things definitive. When things are definitive, it unfortunately does not paint the whole picture and it does not make you well equipped to be able to handle the situation at hand. And unfortunately, life is not definitive it can change. At the drop of a, of a hat, you wouldn't, wouldn't know what to do. It's much better to try and equip yourself in a constant state of change rather than rely on a positive negative feeling or a mentality because that kind of puts you in a box. When you start to look at things in a spectrum point of view, like everything is gray, you realize that you yourself and your mind and your body is actually a, a perfectly made tool to be able to handle these situations, then you, you kind of you adapt to it a lot easier. You adapt to whatever might happen around you so much more easy than you would have before. And you kind of go with the flow. Yeah, let's call it the flow state. Okay, So once you get yourself into a flow state, then you stop trying to go and chase the things that you consider positive or good. And you just go with whatever is happening in front of you because everything is fun. Everything is actually super fun. At the end of the day, you only get one life and you might as well go and do the things that you enjoy. And if you don't enjoy them, then you've got to find a way to, you can see that they are enjoyable because that's why you're doing them. It's because something that you would like to do. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing them at all.
0: We spoke yesterday on the phone. I think it was yesterday. We spoke on the phone or the day before. I'm not sure. And um, when, when we said goodbye, you said something, and I, I wanted to write it down, but I was driving. I was, it was on Bluetooth. And you, you said something like, go do something adventurous or exciting or challenging. What did you say to me?
1: I can't remember, but I think it would have been just go do something outlandish.
0: Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yes, that was it. And I, I drove for the next 30 minutes thinking... Wow, what is that going to be like? What am I going to do? That's going to be outlandish enough to tell you. Like I gotta go like live my life now and like bungee jump and shit. But no, <laughs> it was legit going. And this is uh, this this is not outlandish for you. Obviously, this is very subjective to me as a person. But I went to a meeting and did not look at my phone or my watch for the entirety of the meeting. And I was just wow. very present in the meeting. I wasn't trying to get out of it. I wasn't trying to like leave. I was, I was very present and very there. And then driving home, I was like, that was outlandish. I did. I that did exactly, something that scared me.
1: Exactly. Doing something outlandish is exactly that. It's something that, that, you know, is outside of your comfort zone. Something that gives you a bit of a fright and it teaches you a lot about yourself and, and the situations around you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly do you try right.
0: and do something like that every day? Like is is
1: as much as possible, as much as possible. I change the situation because I I often put myself in a situation where I go, Oh God, I don't know if I can do this. And as soon as I I, I catch myself, as soon as I do that and I go, you know what, this is going to be something that I'm going to learn a lot from, and I better go ahead and do it and do it with a smile on your face because you're a silly bastard. If you think that you're not going to enjoy this for a (laughs) single moment and And uh, so I I put aside whatever I feel, you know, uh, about it and I go headfirst into it. And whilst I'm doing it, I kind of had this realization we go, you know, this is actually a lot of fun. I was so silly to think that, you know, um, I couldn't gain something out of this. It's kind of like turning ideas and things into a game, making, making things happen around you as if it's a game that you're playing with yourself. And that, kind of state means that you're you're making things fun whether you like them or not it's a tell huge me, it's a huge thing
0: tell me about this game thing because i i've tried this and there are some there are some zoom meetings that one cannot turn into mm. a game that lasts <laughs> seven hours what do you mean turn everything into a game
1: the idea to turn everything into a game is is a lot about learning how to f- have fun in a situation that you're uncomfortable with And that kind of draws into a lot of the things that we have been discussing today in terms of figuring out what state you're in, whether you're being very objective or very subjective and kind of having to take that step back and realize that whatever the situation might be and whether it's unfavorable or not is not going to kill you. It's not going to do anything other than make you feel uncomfortable and whatever feelings you have about it means that you're you're stopping yourself from fully being present with it in that moment. And as soon as you stop those things, because it kind of feels kind of childlike and childish when you think about it, you go... That's so dumb. Why wouldn't I be just enjoying, trying to at least enjoy the moment that I thought previously I couldn't enjoy? Once you kind of get into that, into that headspace, then you kind of realize, hang on a second, this is a game. Because if I play this game really well, I can trick my mind into actually enjoying something that previously didn't enjoy at all. <laughs> And <laughs> you've got to try and approach it from that kind of angle, and say yourself, you know what, this is actually kind of fun, and I need to turn this into a fun way. So you sit there, you rack your brain, you create as many ideas as you want about how you can make the situation fun, whether it be speaking in a certain way or acting in a different way, whatever it is, it is your job to try and make that fun. Once it becomes fun, then you realize that you've always had the energy and the motivation and the discipline. An inspiration to do the task that you most, you know, least liked. So
0: wait, 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 wait. You said that the the one you said the word that destroys me, discipline. Are You telling me yeah. that I I don't need a life coach. I don't. I like. I don't need all of these self help books on discipline and exactly. To you don't need. I just need to make shit fun. This is what you're telling
1: me. Exactly. You need to make things fun because your energy, anybody's energy in the whole world comes from them doing things that they enjoy. Think about it. Think about how much energy and time you have for the things that you enjoy doing the most. Oh, all of them. Like say you go out drinking with your friends. You want to go one night's not enough. Two nights, three nights, the entire week, if you possibly could. You would yes. go into it. Exactly. You've got to have that same mentality about the things that you dislike. And go, and I, w- I would recommend turning that into a game in itself by going out, looking for the things that you dislike as a person, and then finding out a way that you can turn that into something that you enjoy doing in that moment. If you can try and figure that out and experiment and keep practicing at it, it becomes easy to do it with a lot of different situations and things.
0: Dude, if, you, if you've just hacked discipline into my life <laughs> somehow, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Then I think, I think you've done the work of the Lord at this point because <laughs> I'm 35 and I have, I have no idea what, what discipline even means. It's the one thing I struggle with. So I'm going to try this thing.
1: I definitely recommend trying it out. Um, I don't recommend doing the drill sergeant thing and kicking your own ass into gear because that doesn't seem to work for anybody. But as soon as you kind of coerce yourself with things that you enjoy to do, it, it becomes an easy task because you, well, hell, you enjoy doing it. So why not apply the same thing to the things that you dislike? Why not go into it and go, hang on, if I dislike this thing so much, what is it about it that makes me dislike it? And if If for a second in that moment you realize that you're swapping out your thoughts with the things that you like and you go, well, I dislike it because I'm not doing this, then you need to realize that you're doing it on purpose to yourself. You're not allowing the opportunity for the thing that you're currently doing that you don't like to fully be immersed in. You're not being present at all. Your mind's going somewhere else to more enjoyable things. It's like you're distracting yourself from being in that moment with the things that you dislike. And it's, what's interesting is our learning point as people comes when we're most present. So when we're not thinking about things at all, when we're listening 100% of being intently in the moment is when things become really, really fun. Another thing about fun and turning things into a game is that we love to learn new things. So when we go into a situation that we don't know nothing about, it doesn't seem favorable because we don't know anything about it, right? Yeah. And in other situations where we just plain dislike it, that means we haven't learned enough about it for it to become an enjoyable task. Give yourself the time, be present in what it is that you you have to do and allow it to really take over and be immersed into it. And I promise once you find out how to be there with it, it will start to become fun.
0: I think you need your own channel. I just, I don't think that we can touch on your (laughs) wisdom and you're, you're, you're really good at this. You're really good at breaking things down. And I know that your own journey can't have been easy. And the parts of it that I know haven't been easy, but you've taken this wisdom and you've, made it in bite-sized takeaway chunks that we can all use so thank you look i'm
1: i'm not especially a neat snowflake i don't think i'm doing (laughs) the lord's work this is just something that happens with a lot of experience of bashing your head against the wall over and over again i recommend everybody try and go and figure out who they are and start with that. Start with with auditing yourself as a person. Don't stop trying to go with the things that you find most comfortable and enjoyable, because they're not going to teach you anything. Also, don't go try and put yourself in harm's way, because that's not going to teach you something either. But instead, try and find a way that you can look at yourself the way that you are, and then start to learn about that. That is is definitely a... a a point to begin with and eventually if you keep doing this you'll come to the same point that i'm at and things will become easier because you realize what you need to do
0: are things easier because all of the books and all of the teachings teach you that the closer you come the harder it gets
1: (laughs) it becomes easier because you're happy doing them not because them themselves become easier it's because you don't have any strife against doing the things that were unenjoyable before it's just easier to do now because you don't
0: mind doing them. Just stroke your ego for like five seconds. I definitely would not have come through the last year of a global pandemic without you in my life. And I think that keeping you for myself is thank not you. There, we need to share your wisdom with the rest of the world too.
1: Thank you very much. If somebody can understand what it is that I'm talking about and it helps them, then then all the better. I don't I don't think that anybody should have a teacher. I think we should rely on ourselves. to to be the teachers because a teacher still puts things into a category into a box and doesn't allow the the situation to be as it is as soon as we try to describe something or um, attach a label to it it stops being the thing that it was i don't think I can teach anybody anything. I think I can show you how to teach yourself.
0: And on that note, Andre, so we, obviously everyone wants to follow you now and slide into those DMS. But (laughs) where, (laughs) where do we find you now that I've made you blush?
1: Okay. So I've got two Instagram pages. One is called last night's photos. So last night's photos, and that's where I put on a lot of epic kind of shots. Um, It can be anything, anything from, I love architecture, I love portraits, I love really cool scenarios and scenes. And then I've got another page called the drive by. So it's the drive underscore by. And that's where I take a lot of photos of everyday things with different ideas, more normal kind of shots. Both of them are on Instagram, and you're welcome to go there.
0: Definitely do that. And also his captions are lit. And you'll sit with those captions for like a good few hours while you're driving. They'll come back to you and you'll think and think and think. Andre, thank you. I'm
1: very thankful that you brought me on here to talk about some stuff. If anybody thinks that this is beneficial, please go into it. There is only one life. There isn't another one. You might as well enjoy the absolute shit out of it. Be accountable and responsible for yourself. Take the reins. Do the things that you really want to do. Own it. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Danny.
0: Remember, you can catch the full video on exotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpot and Exotv every Monday. Love you